Well, welcome everyone to the Robin Walter Show on the Red Sky Radio Network here. Boy, oh boy, another pack news day, news week. If you want to reach me, comments, questions, contributions, um, you can reach me, redskyradio777 at gmail.com or robinwaltershow at gmail.com. I left out criticisms. Uh, that's I, I take those as well. Now accepting criticisms. Okay, told you to start with good news, try to end with good news. Um, this first piece, really, uh, I'm thrilled about it. I, it. There are a couple of senators that are just superb. But for the purposes of this article, one of my favorite is certainly Rand Paul who is uh, probably a libertari- libertarian who votes Republican. He's a Republican Party. But I love his position, which is the most biblical position in the whole Senate regarding foreign affairs. And that's the area in which I am decidedly a libertarian. Yes, stay out of other people's business in um, carrying out the proverb that says that uh, the man who meddles in the affairs of someone else it's like picking up a dog by the ears. You get stuck, you can't get out, you're trapped. But Rand Paul, more than anyone else, bar none, has been in the face of Tony Fauci and his Faucinistas, and now he's going for the jugular. He is referring Fauci for criminal prosecution, for consistent Persistent, serial, lying, distortions. Guess what? Misinformation and disinformation. Isn't this what we've always talked about? If you find out what the left is calling you, and that's what they're guilty of. Let's go find out what the left is doing that they're criticizing, or what they're criticizing others for doing. That's what they are doing. Okay, next piece. Interesting, right when this story broke, I decided I was going to do this on the air. And it was before I read anything or heard anything else at all from anybody about the U.S. women's soccer team, which went down in absolute flames in the World Cup. And Megan Rapinoe, too bad, Lesbo. Sorry, you don't get what you want all the time. You got your pay. You got your shout-outs. You got your fame. But this team, I have to tell you, this was when I saw that they lost to Sweden in the 16th round, worst showing ever. I was jubilant. I was thrilled. I was so glad that these bag of hacks, left-wing hacks who think it's really cute to not stand for the national anthem, to kneel for the national anthem, 
to push lesbianism, transgenderism, and all of that stuff. My thought was, the second I heard that, this is what popped in my head. Why should a nation root for a team that won't root for the nation? Huh? Why should a nation root for a team that won't root for, for the nation? I'm so glad they got defeated. And, and after I determined to do that, I put this in my kind of in the queue for the program. Then I saw that others were coming out and saying, of course, the same thing. I just wasn't like I had the first thought. There was a number of people who've had the same thought that, gosh, aren't we thrilled to not root for the USA when it comes down to a pack of women from hell, as far as I'm concerned. All I'm sorry is that they didn't lose earlier and didn't lose worse. Next. I guess this is good news. I don't know. But at least it's a start of good news. Because there's a group of California doctors, including the organization called Do No Harm, that's filed a lawsuit in California, that has mandated bias training for physicians. Now, I'm licensed in California and Michigan. I have had to take this stupid, crappy bias training from the stupid California bar. Go ahead, turn me in. I don't really care. Anyway, they're, they're idiotic. They're immoral. They feel like they have to browbeat you about all this stuff that you actually learned in kindergarten. And now it's just, it's whatever they call it, in the name of equity, blah, blah, blah. I'll, I'll tell you, what a pack of losers that are at the top of that organization. But they filed a lawsuit against California's mandated implicit bias training for physicians. You see, the doctors have not been stuck with a crapola that we attorneys have been stuck with for probably 25 years. And, of course, the original bias was all about men and women. So, you know, every couple of years I had to go to listen to some woman uh, complain and yipe and gripe about bias in the profession. And was there? I'm sure there was. Of course, now there's bias against men, like there's bias against whites. Fact. But AB 241, passed by the California legislature a couple of years ago, requires all medical education courses, which the doctors have to take, to include bias training. And one of the components of that, and I'm quoting, you ready for this quote? White individuals are naturally racist. The only naturally racist people I know are the ones who say that whites are naturally racist. For a fact, you got you got to be racist to make the comment. I don't know, you know what? I I I need to get off that. I I could roll too long on that. I this one I'm just got to tell you it teased me off to no end, but I'm not surprised. Dr. Jill Biden Look, I'm not lamenting getting a doctorate in education. By no means. I have friends and acquaintances who have that degree. But they don't go strutting around demanding that they be addressed as Dr. Jill. Obviously, she's got an image problem. Maybe it's the fact that she was out screwing around with Joe Biden while she was still married. 
course, the press won't bring that up. Listen to the listen to Newsmax, the best, the best network out there. Newsmax, absolutely. Greg Kelly is superb, and frankly, I love Tucker Carlson, but he's kind of doing a fade. But even if he didn't, I think Greg Kelly is actually better in a certain way. In a certain way. Um, but nonetheless, so. You know, we had Melania Trump as the first lady. And I'd like to call her first Trump. But Jill Biden, Jill Biden is first tramp. You know, I'm not going to call her a slut whore and all those kinds of things, which I could, but whether they fit or not, I don't know. But this picture coming from San Francisco, where she's proudly standing in the midst of a whole bunch of drag queens, guys who are faking it to be women, although they're sporting beards and pantyhose and high heels, makes me want to puke. And Jill Biden has the biggest stinking grin on her face. I don't know what she's thinking, that there's some sort of female camaraderie amongst all these fake women. So she she's in San Francisco, loves being in San Francisco, loves being in Sodom, Francisco. While Americans are suffering from rising prices, crime unleashed, unbridled, illegal immigration, and Joey Cornpop is at the beach and his wife is fiddling around with some drag queens in San Sodom, Francisco. So, quote here, all manner of perversion with the First Lady of the United States in the middle of it all what an absolute disgrace, is what one person remarked. So she is in the middle, grinning ear to ear among a bunch of child groomers. She is morally unfit for office. The, and I'll just tell you something here. This is such a personal bias, but I don't mind sharing it. The uglier a woman gets on the inside, the uglier she gets on the outside. I think she's ugly, kind of like Taylor Swift. When you get really ugly on the inside, it leaks. It it metastasizes throughout the body. It oozes. It, it makes its way to the surface. And in my eyes, maybe not in the world's eyes, but in my eyes, those women are ugly. It's like somebody has been to Washington, D.C. with an ugly stick here. So maybe I've offended some of you, but hey... If I have, it's probably the first time you've heard this program. goes on to say, this is far from the Biden administration's first public embrace of drag queens and the overall LGBT agenda. For Joe Biden actually invited drag queen activist Marty Cummings to the White House for the signing of the Respect for Marriage Act, which, of course, is really the Disrespect of Marriage Act. To be, And then he said, to be a non-binary drag artist Invited to the White House is something I just never imagined would happen. Thank you, President and Dr. Biden, for inviting me to this historic bill signing. Grateful doesn't even begin to express the emotions I feel. Another Instagram post featured Cummings, the guy that the White House heralds, posing with a little child along several scantily clad drag queens. 
You know, all drag people are, are queer. You know, I heard somebody call him a drag fag. I, you know, I suppose that would be a proper description, right? They are queer. Every single one of them. It's how they deal with their homosexuality. To be legitimately in their minds attracted to the opposite sex, they have to fake themselves to be the opposite sex so they can be attracted to their own sex, presumably without guilt. Easy diagnosis. But anyway, this groomer, this child groomer that is invited to the White House, sitting there with a young child along with drag queens with hardly anything on, with the caption that says about the little boy, he was so excited and said he wants to perform with us next year. You know what? Unless you get saved, you've got a pretty awful place in hell, Jack. My goodness sakes. So what we have is the first tramp of the United States openly supporting child grooming. And you know what? She is guilty by association. Okay, real quick here. I come back to this because more and more is coming out. I'll tell you, you got to screw loose if you're still going for booster shots. Ask God for forgiveness if you got the vaccine to begin with. And and like it says, hey, you know, if you drink your, any deadly thing, it shall not harm you. You probably took it in good conscience. I didn't. The Holy Spirit moved on me. Do not take it. And maybe that's because I do this radio program and I need to be able to share from this vantage point, not from being smarter or anything of that sort, because I'm not. Breaking, absolute proof, early onset dementia is caused by the COVID vaccine with a 25 times increase in the probability of early dementia from the vaccine. Now, I don't know how all of you that are 60, 65, 70, 75 feel about that. God can take care of it and heal it, but 20, that's 2,500% increase in the probability of early onset dementia if you took the COVID jab, the COVID stab. You'll end up on the slab. Sorry, got carried away there. How about this one? Over 25% absolute fact. Studies here, I'm not going to go into them. 25% of elderly residents of skilled nursing facilities died within a 20-day period after getting the COVID jab and stab in December of 2020. Within 20 days... 25% of the elderly residents in skilled nursing facilities are dead. Right. Well, you know what? I actually kind of want to come back and finish off the burial of uh, Joe Biden. But uh, honestly, she isn't worth it. I, I have such disrespect for the fake first lady and the fake president. If you stole the election... Do you really owe respect to the supposed leader of the country? Let me put it this way. You go into somebody else's house, and the host, let's say a male host, uh, invites you and he does this or that, 
And he said, you know, would you please take off your shoes there, blah, whatever. And you take off your shoes and then uh, other things. He's the man of the house, right? And there's a woman of the house. It's their house. And you pay them respect. And, and the scripture says if you go, if you're inclined to go eat at somebody's house, take no thought for what's set before you. It's not a matter of clean and unclean. Well, you know what? You don't violate with it. I mean, if you're not violating a, a particular premise or law of God, then you eat what, maybe you're a vegetarian and they got cheeseburgers. And my only regret is that I didn't get vote, uh, invited over. You eat what they give you, right? You do. Because that's the host and hostess of the house, the man and woman of the house. You owe them that respect. But what if the house isn't theirs? What if it's your house and a burglar comes in and puts a couple people at knife point uh, and, and does do this and that? Do you have to respect him if he's taken over your house? If he's occupying your White House, let's say your color's house is white, your White House? or any color, illegally, do you have to respect him? Is he really the man of the house? Is Joe Biden really the president of the United States? I don't think so. Okay, so I want to fit in an election update. And this is going to be kind of long, but I've given a lot of thought to this. Listen carefully. If you disagree or have some further insight, please, please let me know. Um. But I want to, I'm going to start with DT, Donald Trump. I've said this before, but I've, I've got to say it again. He just needs to talk less. In his rallies, the rallies are not as big as they used to be. There is a fatigue factor setting in. He needs to go forward, not back, forget about 2020, Quit sounding like Muhammad Ali, I am the greatest. You know, what was it? Sting like a bee, move like a butterfly or whatever. Forget all that crap, Ola Donald. It's over. That's old. And whatever you do, shut up and don't promise revenge. It is only a sign of over-the-top pride. And I will tell you, I, I could be totally wrong. If he's a candidate, he absolutely gets my vote. Without a question. Without question. But I am still not convinced he's going to be the candidate. I really don't think he will be. I, you know, mark me for this because I started this back in uh, the second week of July. June 21st, I said Gravin Grusom would be the candidate and I think president. The second week in July, I said I don't think Donald Trump will be the candidate. But I'm going to go deeper on this. Let's just quickly move down now to RFK Jr. He's not the right choice, but he's hard not to like, especially when the left hates him so much, so much that, you know, I mean, when the left hates somebody, you start taking note of that person, right? Hey, I kind of like this guy. All the people I, uh, who I loathe that have complete disrespect for hate him. He must be an okay guy. That's the way I see it. And the Democrats, of course, in the name of democracy, won't let him debate. In the name of democracy, we will not have a debate. 
we will invoke our own form of tyranny and dictatorial rule within the Democratic Party, all in the name of democracy. I've said this before. There is one case, one situation that's not changed that I would vote for RFK Jr. Only one for sure. And that if was if Chris Christie was a Republican candidate. So I think it's about the chance of that happening is about the same chance as mil, mil, uh, winning the $1 million prize on um, oh, what Wheel of Fortune. Okay. Not, not point number three, not the most likely to win at this point, but the best candidate is Vivek Ramaswamy on the, on the Republican side. I, I I like this. I've been singing his praises for a month before anybody knew how to spell or pronounce his name. It's and it is spelled R A M A S W A M Y. A great guy. I don't care that he is Hindu, but I'll get to that in a minute. He is the best candidate. And if he won, Trump would never take a vice presidential slot with him. He's got too much pride. That's not going to happen. But Trump would be an absolute fool. I'm serious, absolute fool to pick anyone else at this juncture. Unless he wants to try to pull an Obama. You say, well, what, what do you mean by pulling an Obama? Been some years since I've said that, but I've said it many times when Obama was president. We know why he picked Joe Biden. Because Obama is just as narcissistic with just as thin of skin as Donald Trump. They're both over-the-top narcissists. They just display it and handle it differently. So the only way Barack Obama would feel good about being king of the heap, king of the road, top of the pack, feel really good about being on top is by having some nitwit, moronic vice president like Joe Biden. He needed Joe Biden to make himself continue to look good by having an idiot as a sidekick. So hopefully Trump won't do that. Hopefully his narcissism will be channeled in the direction of seeking advice from good advisors who will say, no, pick somebody who would be a great successor. Oh, yeah, Donald, somebody who actually might be better than you in the long run. So you'd be a fool to pick anyone else at this point in time other than Vivek Ramaswamy. Hopefully he doesn't have so much pride that he doesn't want to being doesn't want to risk being upstaged by a young, incredibly smart guy, unbelievably smart and articulate, but also incredibly moral. Probably the most moral Republican candidate, and I mean that, other than Ron DeSantis, who does not have a chance. Does not have a. I'm sorry. He's just not presidential. We need a great governor, and he needs to stay in Florida. And uh, Pence? No, forget that. He's he's a joke. So the way that I see this is that right now, I think the best combination for the probability of winning, probability of winning, is a Trump Ramaswamy ticket, uh, or. 
second to Ramaswamy is Byron Reynolds. Or uh, so it be either Trump and Ramaswamy or Trump and Byron Reynolds. If Ramaswamy is the candidate, then his vice presidential candidate, see, unless this guy goes sideways and disqualifies himself, would be Byron Reynolds from Florida. Lock up Florida. Man, what a great ticket that would be. But now, I'm going to tell you, in my opinion, how this is how it must play out. It must happen this way if it's going to happen. They're the Trump loyalists. I get it. 57% of the Trump people said they would vote for him even if he was in prison. And you know what? If he was voted president and he's in prison, I'll vote for him too. Absolutely. I, you know, at this point, I don't really care. He's, he would be my, my candidate, my guy. So, but the Trump loyalists are loyalists like you just can't believe, and, and that's, I get it. I'm fine with that. So if Donald Trump goes down, in other words, he's not the candidate. It has to, has to, has to be one of the following ways or all hell will break loose in the fall of 2024. Those three ways are either if he is not the candidate, it's going to be because he's passed away, whether somebody assassinated him or something. I'm People have talked about that. That's for sure. And they get away with it. Kathy Griffin holding his bloody head image of him and all that kind of stuff. Or he accidentally passes, gets a disease, or he's in a plane crash. In other words, something not attributable to anybody else. B, that was A, B, he shoots himself in the foot for the last time doing something that actually tends to dislodge a, a large portion of his loyalists. I don't think that's going to happen. C, the DOJ takes him out. However they do that, I don't mean kill him, although there's probably some that would want to do that. But they take him out politically in some way that I can't even fashion. So, But here's what it can't be. So that's the way it has to happen. And here's what can't happen. Donald Trump cannot lose in fair competition. That's right. He cannot lose in fair competition because if he does, I think he will go scorched earth. I really do. And if he and if he does lose in fair competition, the loyalists will take it out on whoever beat him out. Whoever bested him. And then you've got this horrific infighting the Republican Party, and it's over. So I think this points again to Ramaswamy. He's an easy, he would be the easiest replacement for Trump because he's never said anything ill of Trump. He said he the first act he would do would be to pardon Trump if he was in prison. He is Donald Trump's best friend in the whole field of candidates. Bar none. And so if Trump went for one of these reasons that I listed, 
he's passed away as a serious accident or something and or is he's disabled or you know the DOJ takes him out Ramaswamy can rise into the next spot without ever being held accountable or responsible for the dismantling of Donald Trump that way the Trump loyalists will go to number two guy, the number two guy. Because if it isn't Donald Trump, and I'm not sure that it will be, but let let Donald occupy the media attention for a really long period of time. Well, seriously. And then Vivek can rise quietly and honorably, which he is. And I'm going to point to something and blow you away in a few minutes. He rises honorably in the meantime, and, and he rises to a high enough position as number two, way ahead of everybody else. He cannot be ignored, and his preeminence in the second place, which now puts him in first place. And then, let's see what happens with all the milquetoast rhino Republicans, like Chris Christie and... Mitt Romney, and all the other rhinos who would be twisted in their underwear if Vivek Ramaswamy was a candidate. I'll explain why in just a minute. Don't go away. Robin Walter, Robin Walter Show on the Red Sky Radio Network. The Robin Walter Show is a listener-supported program. Your contribution goes to help as many people as possible to hear that the Word of God has answers to help you survive and even thrive in the dark days ahead in this country. We pledge to bring you the critical information you need to make informed decisions in this age where big tech and big media have conspired to rid our country of everything Christian. Please send your support to... Red Sky Radio, P.O. Box 99, Wickenburg, Arizona, 85358. That's Red Sky Radio, P.O. Box 99, Wickenburg, Arizona, 85358. Thank you. Two minutes Two minutes here drops for one heart to carry on. Ah, yes, question mark and the Mysterians. Oh my gosh. I don't know. That song came to me about five days ago. And I thought, I gotta I gotta get this into the queue for a program. But anyway. I, I, could, I could get off track about music really, really fast. Okay, so back to the topic at hand. So in this scenario, um, Trump is out for one of the reasons I listed. Ramaswamy is well into the number two spot. So let's hear Chris Christie and Mitty Rhino Romney and all of the other neocon fake Republican rhinos as I said, they get all twisted in their underwear because they've had such fun for years making fun of Trump and attacking him from every direction possible. And now they don't any longer get to attack him. 
But here comes this 37-year-old candidate who should cause them to repent on their knees because he's a good man. Yeah, he's Hindu. I get it. But everything he preaches, so to speak, is complete overlap with biblical values at the presidential level. We're not looking for the preacher-in-chief. We haven't had one since, what, Garfield was the last president from, oh, I don't know when he was, but that actually preached a sermon. And it was good from what I heard. So if everyone attacking DT now has to shift over to attacking Ramaswamy, do you realize how easy and quickly the true colors will be revealed? And then if he's got Byron Donalds, a black guy, as a vice presidential candidate, guess what? You know, Ramaswamy and, and Reynolds, or Donalds, would get to call the rhinos racist if they opened their mouth but once. Last but not least, we get down to Gavin Greaseball Gruesome, who spends all his time flying around the country, expanding his personal carbon footprint, trying to figure out who to pick a fight with because he doesn't know who's going to be president or who's going to be the presidential candidate on the Republicans. I'm going to go take out DeSantis. Well, wait a minute. Well, it looks like DeSantis is not a... How about Trump? Well, no, you know what? Uh, I'm not going to take him on yet. Ramaswamy. Hey, you know what? Take Ramaswamy and uh, gruesome, and you will be look like a fifth-grade nitwit compared to this MIT graduate. So here's what I kind of fantasize for a moment. You got Gavin Gruesome in this debate. He's got his advantages. He's handsome, relatively young. He's got a certain charisma. And he's going to bank on the fact of having a JFK kind of effect that TV provided JFK over Nixon. Not handsome, not suave, no charisma, and it was the election. And people back then, some were infatuated with JFK's good looks, his relative youth, his charm, all of that, and they might be with Gavin Grusom if he was facing Trump. But if he wasn't facing Trump, and he's facing Ramaswamy. Then, uh, you know what? Uh, Gruesome is not going to make Ramaswamy look like Nixon. Because Ramaswamy is no Richard Nixon. And Byron Donalds sure is no Spiro Agnew. So we win. We win in that department. I think in the overall telegenic and world, I think we win notwithstanding the charm of the gruesome greaseball. But if gruesome is is the left-wing hack job that we, well, we know he is. He might not be, this is very possible, he might not be as easily controlled as Joey Cornpop is, that's for sure, or anybody else. So if there's a thought within the Democratic Party uh, or really the higher-ups, the ones pulling the strings, that Greaseball is not as controllable as they'd like. He's, he's as evil as they are, but he may be evil and not as controllable 
enter Michelle Obama, which some people think who will be the actual candidate. I don't think so, but who knows? And of course, with her, now you do have a controllable situation from the, from the left because Michelle Obama, M.O., is channeling her husband, B.O., who is, of course, channeling Alex Soros, who is channeling George Soros, who's channeling Klaus Schwab, who's probably channeling the Antichrist. Or maybe he is. So here we are. Gruesome versus Trump. I think Gruesome wins. Gruesome versus Ramaswamy. We have a fighting chance. Gruesome versus anyone else other than Ramaswamy. I think Gruesome wins. Michelle Obama versus Trump. Maybe Donald wins that one. Michelle Obama versus Ramaswamy. Ramaswamy wins, and Obama gets to go back to kindergarten. That's my opinion. And, of course, um, like the Pope, um, I think this is absolutely correct, and I'm infallible. But, of course, I reserve the right to change my mind. One more comment on Ramaswamy, and then i got to move on here. Sometimes you know your friends by your friends' enemies. So let's take a look. Even though Ramaswamy is showing still to be third, coming close to DeSantis in the polls, why is it that Chris Christie, fake rhino, he's not even a Republican anymore, Joey Scarborough, and Micah Brzezinski, all have a lot to say about Ramaswamy, and it's not good what they're saying. I think in the back of their mind, they're thinking, will the destruction of Donald Trump be a Pyrrhic victory? Pyrrhic victory means, yes, we won the battle, but we lost the war. I think Pyrrhus, I think, was the the leader who won a battle but basically lost his entire army. It's called a Pyrrhic victory. Yeah, on paper you won. Bottom line, you lose because you lost your soldiers. You lost, you lost everything that really mattered. Are they thinking, you know what? If Trump is a candidate, we might still have a chance to beat Trump if he's a candidate. But my goodness sakes, we better start attacking Vivek Ramaswamy says Chris Christie, says Joey Scarborough, says Micah Brzezinski. They got, way, they got way too much to say and way too much attacking going on against somebody who supposedly has no chance. They know the appeal of this guy. His emotions he wears on his sleeve, he's brilliant and he's moral. And he's successful. Christie's interview on MSNBC made one thing clear. He said, and this is Ramaswamy, he said, it doesn't matter if you have a Republican, an R or a D next to your name, the new establishment all shares five things in common. They're pro-war in Ukraine. And I just see where Biden just asking for another $25 billion. Number two, they're fine with political opponents getting arrested Three, they're anti-free speech. Four, they're bought and paid for by super PACs. 
and five, they all fake it to be anti-establishment. But they're full-on establishment. One last thing here. I participated in something I have avoided forever. Participated in a straw poll. Who would I vote for for president? I voted for Ramaswamy. And here's why. Donald has a commanding lead in these polls. Commanding lead. He does not need my vote. And if you're going to take a straw poll vote, I would suggest you not vote for him. He doesn't need your vote. The lead is huge. What is necessary is an unmistakable, undisputed number two person. That's why I vote for Ramaswamy. I want him unquestionably the second place. That there is more distance between Ramaswamy and second place like there was between Secretariat and Sham in the 1973, well, not the Preakness, but the Belmont Stakes, where Secretariat wins by 25 lengths. That's the kind of distance that I want between Ramaswamy and number three. So that one of two things occur. Either he is the obvious go-to VP candidate for Trump, or if Trump gets taken out, he is the obvious replacement. Okay, I got to fit this in real fast. I, you know, I've talked frequently about voting commercially, voting your purchasing power uh, with your moral position. I have listed on several occasions, I think, 35 companies with which you don't want to do business, and that's a short list. But the next thing on the on the chart here is are your banks. The banks are taking a lead in establishing the social credit system that is so concerning. And the evidence is showing that America's biggest banks are now discriminating against customers because of their ideological, social, cultural, religious, and political views. And who sits at the top of the pack in America, the worst of the worst? Chase. Chase Bank appears to be the absolute worst. It's called J.P. Morgan Chase. It was a full name. But they canceled the Defense of Liberty a couple of years ago. The National Committee for Religious Freedom got nailed. Uh, Lieutenant General Michael Flynn, the Family Council, all of them have lost their accounts because they were designated as high risk or reputational risk. So you know what Chase is saying here? Chase is saying, we are so embarrassed to be associated with good, moral, upstanding people who don't support a one-world government that we are going to cancel their accounts. That's basically what they're saying. I'm going to throw something out. I'm checking them out. I'm ready to move a little bit of money over to them. The first true American Bank. Now, I know of some institutions. If somebody wants to know, email me. I will give you a couple that do not get involved in politics. They're not championing a cause of any kind. They're just say, they just kind of put their head down and say, hey, 
We're here to do what the customer wants us to do. There are a few of those out there. But there's one that's gone a step further. They're a real bank. They physically exist, although they're largely in the digital world here as their startup. And they make a point of unabashedly stating, we are pro-American, we are pro-military, we back our police, we believe in the Constitution, right on down the line, all the things you would love to hear a bank come out and say that couldn't be anything further than the polar opposite of a bank like Chase. And it's called Old Glory Bank. Old Glory Bank in Elmore City, Oklahoma. Now, you heard me rave about how great Oklahoma was last week, and it is a great state. Arguably, maybe the best spiritually and politically state in the country. Close with a few others. But um, one last quick tidbit here, and I'll move on. Uh, Who founded this bank? Well, let me tell you who's on the board of directors, and they are co-founders. The the country music star, John Rich, who dumped all the Bud Bud Light stuff. How about Ben Carson? How about Larry Elder? These are the people, tried and true Americans, all of whom I believe are absolute, definite Christians, who've come together, pooled some money, raised some other money, to start a bank called Old Glory Bank. Check them out online. I'd be curious of your uh, your your input. You know, I was going to spend some time on this. I don't have it other than the fact that J.K. Rowling, who is a very liberal woman, she just isn't in the tranny crapola. Uh, she's getting trashed, as you know, by the woke left, mostly the tranny crowd, but... Basically, the rest of the LGBTQRSTUVWXYZ crowd, because she isn't pro tranny. Kind of reminds me of what it talks about in Romans 1, where when I tell you what they have done to her, reminds me of that statement in Romans 1 where they said they no longer wanted to retain the knowledge of God in their minds. Now, J.K. Rowling makes, Rowling makes no, no pretense of being Christian at all, she just isn't into the tranny crap. So, what happened? The Museum of Pop Culture in Seattle, no less, went in there and stripped everything related to her because she's not pro-tranny. They've erased and every reference or item celebrating Harry Potter or any of the other things and has identified her as super hateful towards transgenders, and she no longer belongs in the museum. This is just like 1984, erasing stuff and said it never happened. All I can say here, and I have spent too too long on it, is that I think the museum needs to change its name from the Museum of Pop Culture to the Museum of Poop Culture, because that's what they are. Oh, my gosh. I wanted to go into... Something else here, uh, you know, I, I'm, I got to switch my articles around. Because last week, I didn't finish something last week when I was sharing about the closing down of free speech, 
the sign of a leftist country. How, how do you know who's lying? And I quoted Dennis Prager very uh, generously, liberally, if you will, on the fact that invariably when somebody is censoring somebody else, it's the censors that are lying. We know that because they cannot handle the truth. They hate the truth. I understand why the left hates the truth, because they have so little experience with it. And you hate the things that you have little experience with. They're the censors. They're the ultimate vote suppressors. They're the ones that are the consummate election interferers, right? And so Donald Trump is up on charges, among other things, for having participated in election interference. Now, I want to share something here because this is this is what the Democrats say the Republicans are about are about election interfering when we know that it was the uh, the Democrats in a virtual incestuous relationship with Russia to try to take Trump out and did and the suppression of the Hunter Biden laptop and all that stuff I don't want to go into. But the very fact that you don't have a free speech right to question election results. So to question election results constitutes election interference. Let's go back in time. Bush versus Gore. Who contend, Who is trying to interfere with the election? Bill Clinton, the election denier. Regarding the 2000 presidential election, he says, quote, the only way Republicans could win the election in Florida was to stop the voting. Election interference, that's what he's claiming, that the election was stolen. Former President Jimmy Carter, who's always been a loser, regarded the 2000 presidential election. He said, quote, there is no doubt in my mind that Al Gore was elected president. I think a full investigation would show that Trump didn't actually win the election in 2016. He lost the election and he was put into office because the Russians interfered on his behalf. That's Jimmy Carter claiming election interference by the Republicans because they won, all right? Said Al Gore, he got cheated. Al Gore himself said, I believe that if everyone in Florida who tried to vote had his or her vote counted properly, I would have won. Who are the election deniers here? Al Gore, Bill Clinton, Jimmy Carter, Joe Biden. When he was vice president, he said regarding Gore in the 2000 presidential election, I think Joe Biden won. And during the 2020 presidential race, in response to a supporter calling Trump an illegitimate president, Biden asked in jest if she would be his vice presidential candidate and said he absolutely agreed with her. Joe Biden is an election denier. Cammy, let me show you how I can cackle like a wild hyena. Harris, as a California senator, said this, quote, let's say this loud and clear. Without voter suppression, Stacey Abrams would be governor of Georgia, Andrew Gillum, the governor of Florida. Another election denier. Let's arrest Harris. Let's arrest Carter. Let's arrest Clinton. Let's arrest Al Gore. 
Who's the next election denier? How about Barack Hussein Obama? As an Illinois senator, he said that not every vote that was counted in the 2000 presidential election. John Kerry, Biden's special presidential envoy for climate change, claimed that his defeat in 2004 was too many people were denied their right to vote, too many who tried to vote were intimidated. Stacey Abrams, who ran again for governor of Georgia in 2022, just last year, would not concede the 2018 election in her state and claimed that she did win that election. Al Franken contended, of course, that he won the election, and after enough recounts, they finally gave it to him. So let's just review something here. Trump is supposedly the consummate election denier, and in denying it has interfered with the uh, electoral process and charge. But let's review who are consummate election deniers. Bill Clinton, Jimmy Carter, Joe Biden, Cammy Harris, Barack Obama, John Kerry, Stacey Abrams, every single one of them are election deniers. And yet, they singularly focus that on Trump and his supporters to the point of a prosecutorial persecution of an innocent man. That is where we are. This is why if there is not election integrity in this next election, I wish I could have gone into it deeper today. I have to save it for next week maybe. But there are 32 huge voting areas in the United States, critical voting areas, where the results are run through computers in China. And just let me ask you, who do you think the Chinese want to be president? Trump or Joey Cornpop? Vivek Ramaswamy or Gavin Grusom? They will go with anybody who will just let them continue to suck the blood out of America. And that's why I've said, and many have said, if the Democrats win this one, it can only be because they have perfected not the art of the deal, they have perfected the art of the steel. That's right, the art of the steel. In such a manner that we will now have finally attained to 1984 and there is no turning back, there is no going back, and maybe somewhere in the world will be the next great constitutional republic because we have now identified bananas as the favorite national fruit being a banana republic. Keep praying. Don't change. Remember, sit tall in the saddle, America. You ride for the brand, the brand of Jesus Christ. 
God bless you, and thank you for listening to today's program. We'll see you next week.